Hi, I'm Monique Carriol and I'm building a movement of brave leaders so that together we can tackle some of society's most fundamental needs. So I'm here to encourage you to be yourself, support you to back yourself and really help you through those practical steps to navigate your leadership and career journey to enable you to make it happen. Hi, and welcome to episode five of series one of my podcast. This episode is called Taking Your Next Step, Developing Your Support Toolbox. And if you haven't listened to any of my other previous episodes, then you won't be aware that series one of my podcast is the recordings from my webinar series of the same name. It was a free webinar series aimed at aspiring leaders at all levels. So in this session, my special guest is Tia Pinnock. Tia is head of communications at NHS Practitioner Health. And Tia shares with us a bit about her role now, about her career journey, but what she has started to develop in her support toolbox. And in particular, Tia talks about the mentoring relationship she has with me and how she prepared herself for mentoring. So we talk about the right development tools for your toolbox. Throughout this series, you'll hear me talking about your support toolbox, a bit of a mouthful. We talk about coaching, mentoring and leadership development and we also touch on shadowing. I think shadowing is such a useful development tool that sometimes gets disregarded. We talk about preparing for coaching as well and and mentoring and having a plan and thinking about what you want and you'll hear Tia say more on that. We talk about using your spikes. You hear me mention in episode three, asking you what you're really great at. And this is really about using your spikes to start to help yourself and others. We have a session here, a really powerful silent coaching session led by Ruby Jabara Sani. And Ruby helps you to take some time out to do a five minute silent coaching session with her. And it's about visualizing your future. And as I said before, exploring what starting to explore what you really need to get there. So I hope you enjoy listening to this. Um, the reason why I put this series together was because for me, I felt that whilst there's a lot out there to help people who are aspiring leaders at any level or who want to progress their career or deal with some challenges that you're facing at the moment. I think there's a lot out there that's quite academic. I think there's a lot out there that can be quite heavy. I think there's a lot out there that you can go and do those courses or access that information, but you still find yourself saying, now what? And I wanted to try and fill that gap. And I wanted to do that by sharing my experiences and insights and also my career journey. Because as you know, I navigated my way starting as a PA in the uh, NHS over 20 years ago. And when I left the NHS of March of this year, I was a board level executive director of strategy and transformation. So I'm hoping that this seven part series does give you some more practical tips and advice, but also most importantly, and from so much of the feedback you shared with me, this is about having a safe space to learn and discuss and debate the different topics that we have here. I hope today we will have the same flavor And I think you're going to feel that it's a little bit different today. So just wanted to make sure if you're new, I'm sorry that you've missed the sessions that we've had so far, um, but you will be able to catch up on them when I release my podcast. And I'll tell you a bit more about that at the end. Um, But what I hope that today is you'll see that we're getting into the meat of the series. So Tia, if you could take those slides down for me. 
I'm going to guide people on a little bit of what to expect um, for today's session. But before I get in that, hello, Dr. Naz, welcome. It's good to see you. But before I get into that, I just wanted to go back on to the um, follow up. Have you been to St. Lucia, Linda? See, I get interested and distracted by the chat. We need to have a chat about what parts you went to separately. But before I get into the meat of today, let me keep my concentration. What I wanted to do was go back and because we had a really good session, the last session, session four. Um, and I know thank you very much for all of you who've given me feedback. And I've passed a lot of that feedback also on to our wonderful guest, Nikita. Um, Nikita was really brave. And um, I think it was um, admirable how she confidently shared not just her journey, but also her tips of how she is actually building influence and relationships and how she's excelled from a junior role in the NHS to where she is now. In a, Nikita works in a very challenging environment as a transformation lead. So thank you very much for everyone who shared your lovely comments and feedback um, about Nikita, because I've passed that on to her. And I think that will really encourage her. And she's now raring to go and wanting to talk on more platforms, which I think is brilliant. We need to celebrate that. And we need to encourage our young talent to do that as well. So thank you. But one of the questions I asked you, you're not going to get away from not telling me if you've done the work, was about, um, could you reach out to three people that you want to have a conversation with to help you take that next step? And I know that some of you have done that because you've spoken to me separately on email, but I'd love to see and hear in the chat, if any of you have done that, what happened, how you felt, and has there been any results yet? And there might not be. Let's give people a chance to respond to you when you've reached out. But I really want to know. And the reason why, um, you know, in working with Ruby, because Ruby is a learning and development expert, I think what Ruby re has really pushed me to think about on these sessions is about having clear actions, things that people can take as actionable steps from what we've covered today. So as I said, if you have taken any action, let us know. I'll ask Ruby to keep an eye on the chat for me and to just shout out if there's anything that comes in there. But also what I wanted to remind you was of the book that I recommended in the last session, which was Tuesdays with Maury. Um, it was great again to see that some other people were saying that this was their favorite book and that they'd read it and they understood why I was promoting and encouraging you to read this book because it really is about what's important in life and about those connections. Um, but also, I have sent the email out to the 10 lucky winners. Some of you have come back to me um, and your books are winging their way on over to you now. But for all of our um, sessions, I've still got emails that I've sent to the lucky winners that people haven't responded to yet. So can I just make a plea? Please check your emails and please check your junk mail as well, because sometimes, as you know, your email will filter emails from addresses it doesn't know or not in your address book into your junk mail, you might have an email sitting there that's saying that you're a book winner. So please have a look at that for me. So Ruby, is there anything we want to call out in terms of some of those actions? Absolutely. So um, we've got a comment from Denise. I didn't quite manage three, but I did reach out um, that uh, I felt anxious, but felt so good about having done it. Possible opportunity coming my way, I hope. So that's yes, Denise. Brilliant. Yes. Oh um, my gosh, that's so good. That is um, so good. We've got one from Joanna. Yes, I approached three people, got the support and felt very prepared for my interview today. It went well and we'll wait to hear if it if it was successful in securing the role. 
Well yes, done. Joanna. Yeah, Joanna, I was gonna I, I was gonna message you earlier and I thought I'd hold back and wait till you tell me how you got on. So my, everything crossed for you. Everything crossed. That's brilliant. Great. That's uh approach one person. This is from Emily. Um no, ooh, no response yet, but was proud to overcome the fear of pressing send. Great. Yes, yes. Fantastic. I'm really pleased, Emily. Thank you. And thank you for sharing it because I know I know when I've had to reach out to people, it doesn't matter that I held an executive title, I would still feel really scared. And that feeling of pressing send, you know, you, you double check, you triple check the email, your hands are sweating and you send it and you then, oh my gosh, what are they going to say, you know? And sometimes people are waiting for you to reach out, you know, and you'd be surprised. And sometimes what I'd also say is, when I was an exec, I used to receive over 80 emails a day. So if you don't get a response, don't be scared to politely follow up as well, because emails can get lost in the mire so easily. So please do um, follow up politely and see what happens. Thank you, Alice, as well. Brilliant. And I know you've applied for that job. And good luck to you as well, Alice, um, in applying for your role. And I hope it's a positive outcome for you, too. OK, so spoken about the book spoken about session four. Okay, I'm gonna move us on and talk about what we're gonna be covering today. So if you've listened to the little video that I did um, on this session, what I was talking about was, I know for the first three sessions that we had, we had some real, and even four, even Nikita as well, really inspiring women talking to us, telling us about what they're doing, telling us about how they've made things happen, telling us about brave leadership, telling us about how they dealt with challenges that they faced. And in all of their careers and their journeys, they faced challenges. We also spoke with Ruby, who really took us through about um, dealing with challenging situations, understanding the inclusion agenda a bit more, um, and really trying to take that forward. But now, this is where, like I said, I think we get into the meat of the series. This is where we start to get into, okay then, you've been inspired. I know some people are saying to me, Monique, I feel like I can run through walls with what I've just heard. I feel like I could do everything. You know, I feel like I'm ready to go. But I know sometimes a week later, when the dust settles and that energy subsides and you're faced with the same challenges you have before, you can feel like, now what? Now what am I meant to do? I still feel stuck. I still feel demotivated. I still feel like I've got an unsupportive manager. I still feel really overwhelmed. I know I want to make changes and I just don't quite know what my next step should be. Or I think I want to find a coach. I think I'm looking for a mentor or I feel like I've got a gap in my experience or in my learning, um, but I'm not quite sure how do I find the right coach? How do I find the right mentor? How do I know which, and I know we had a question, how do I know which leadership development program is right for me right now? What I want to do today, and I hope that we'll be able to achieve it, is two bits to it. Number one is to start guiding you through a set of questions to, to, the, to help you and encourage you to start exploring what you're thinking about where you are now and what you think you need. The thing that I also want to ask you, which I think sometimes is hard for us to go there. So I'm going to ask you to dig in a little bit today. And Ruby's going to help us later on in the session with doing that is, you know, is what you need what you really need? And how do you know? Because sometimes, and you heard it last time, we spoke about it last time, we tell ourselves we need that extra qualification, you know? 
um, all the jobs ask for it. I must have it if I'm going to move on. And sometimes that's true, absolutely true. And you've got to find a way to make that happen. But other times it isn't. And we've told ourselves that, or we've told ourselves that we must have three or four or five years worth of experience before we can move to X level. But we don't know that to be true. That's what we've told ourselves. So the question I just want you to bear in mind as we're going through this is about, you know, is what you think you need what you really need? And if it is, how do you start to move forward? How do we start to, if you remember in session one, Tara was talking to us about when you have a big, chunky goal, a big, scary goal about how to, um, she breaks those down into manageable chunks. And that's what I want to get into here as well. If your long-term aspiration is to be a CEO or is to be a lead clinician or is to run your own business, from where you are right now, that might seem quite big and that might seem um, almost unachievable. But if you start to chunk it down and you start to think about, well, how do I move to the next step? I think you start to find that you can build confidence to start moving forward on that journey. So the other thing I wanted to also bring up was, um, and because I, I always try and connect the dots with what I'm talking to you about, is your spikes. Remember we spoke about it, I think it was session three. Um, what are you great at? You know, what is your spike? Do you remember Rene Cariel's book takes us through that? What's your spike? What are you great at? And using that to the best of your ability and not being so worried about the things that you're not so good at. Um, are you using your spikes? So number one, have you identified your spikes? I know some of you have because we spoke about it in session three. The next bit is then, are you using those spikes to help you now and also to help others? Because you'll know that as much as I'm here to encourage and support you, it's a big thing for me about um, encouraging and supporting others. And if I'm here to help you nurture and grow as brave leaders, the one thing I'll be adamant about is that you reach out, you know, you pay it forward. I think there was a lovely term on Salma's session that someone said about her is that she always um, passes the ladder back for other people. And I would encourage, and that's what I want to make sure that as leaders, whatever level we're at, we're always doing that. And I know some of you are brilliant at that, but I think it's really important to emphasize that. So are you using your spike for yourself and others as well? Because trust me, as you start to move on your journey, you'll be taking people along for that ride with you as well. Okay. So I hope that what we share today will be about unpicking a little bit more into some of the key things that I think come up about um, development tools, those development tools that can be in your toolbox, helping you to understand them a little bit more and also how you can start to use them and giving you some food for thought about whether they're right for you, but also, because Tia will talk to you about this, whether you're ready to start using them too, all right? So, but before we get into that, just gonna remind you, like Tia said, We'll be going into the Q&A shortly. I know there are questions that I've got that I've carried over from other sessions, and I'm sure you'll have questions too. To help make it easier for us, because Tia is double doing two roles today. She's my special guest, and she's also, as she always does, helping me behind the scenes and to host the Q&A. So if you can please, please, please remember to put your questions in the Q&A box, that will really help Tia while we do her session. But before we get into that, I've got a question that I want to ask you. So I'm, as you know, I'm always encouraging you to use the chat. So Tia, do you want to just pop the slide up for me? Yeah. 
Okay, so now I know on Zoom, you can run this as a um, poll. And I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna run it as a poll. It's nice to do that. But then actually I thought, but well, I like to know why. You know me, I'm curious. I, I like to ask questions. So I thought, no, I'm gonna have it like this and ask you to participate in the chat. So just so that we get a feel for what people may want to hear more about today, but also just getting some understanding of what you might be thinking about for your next step. Which development tool are you drawn to out of these four choices? And can you just tell me why? So coaching, mentoring, development programs or courses or shadowing. So I'll just give you a few minutes. Let me know. You might not have a reason why. If you haven't, just say. So sat, quick off the mark. Thank you. Coaching as I love how it unlocks potential. And sat, I know that you are absolutely great at coaching people as well. So thank you for that. So I said, let me know what you're drawn to and why. I'll just give you a couple of minutes to do that. Ruby is another fantastic coach as well. Kamal, Tahira, Yvonne, okay, ANC. Shadowin, great. Keji, I'll say a bit more about that. Okay, coaching. Yep, I think, yep, Bernie, I see that. Mentoring. Yes, Sam, and I know, Sam, I'd ask you to, um, as we go through today, it would be great for you to share some of your experiences of mentoring um, in the chat box as well, because I know you've spoken to me about a business mentor in particular. Yep. I know Linda as well, another coach. I know we've got a lot of coaches here um, on the call today. Okay, A and B from Emily. Yep, I think that's right about focusing on a particular goal, but also about mentoring. Okay, therapy and, and recruitment, brilliant. Receiving coaching and also being a mentor. Okay, great, Valerie. B, C and D, Zainab. Okay, brilliant. So I think, welcome, Stefan. I'm glad you're here. Welcome, mentoring and shadowing. Never been on a development course, Tracy. Okay, good. Development courses. So lots of different, so real mix here. Um, shadowing to have a feel of the real doing action. Mary, I love that comment. And I know sometimes um, people overlook shadowing um, because they think that um, it's not accessible. They feel that um, what we just spoke about before, reaching out to ask um, might be difficult. Something I wanted to just touch on before we move on was um, in the last session, I don't know if Ali's with us today, but Ali asked the question about um, what could he do to have a safe space to test out some of his skills because he felt that learning and showing his learning and maybe possibly failing or getting things wrong in, he, in his day job, he felt a bit uncomfortable with doing that. And um, I know my response was, well, I'd hope your manager would be supportive of you in that situation. But I also appreciate that sometimes it's not the situation and you don't want to do that in your day job with your manager. Um, and what came to my mind, which I completely forgotten about, was when I was in my director role, one of the operational service managers reached out. She'd gone part time for a while in her service manager role and she wanted to understand more about program and project management and the PMO function. And she asked if she could use her. She used her annual leave, but she spent half a day a week with my PMO team for a few months. It was so I just think that opportunity to reach out. I talk about it all the time about taking opportunities, but. Don't ignore shadowing and don't be scared to talk to maybe the teams in your organization who are doing that. There may be an opportunity. Of course, it's usually unpaid, but there may be an opportunity to access some um, exposure to build those skills and experiences that you can then add to your CV. So I just wanted to make sure I got that in. Okay.
Okay, I can see lots in the chat there. So thank you very much for sharing that. Um, that's really helpful. So shall I move us on? Because I should say I'm going to be desperate to try and keep to time today because we are due to finish at 7.30. Um, some of the feedback I've had is uh, uh, people thanking me for running the sessions on time. But you might be able to see over my shoulder here, I have the Euro um, tournament chart on my wall. Me and my kids fill that out. You know, I'm a big football fan. There is a big match at eight o'clock. So <laughs> as soon as the webinar is finished, I will be sorting my children out and getting myself ready and positioned to watch the 8 p.m. match. So I won't get distracted by the chart, but I will say that we will finish on time today. So Tia, could you take those slides down for me? Thank you very much. Okay, so before we get into the Q&A, um, I just wanna say a little bit about how I met Tia and to introduce her. So obviously you know Tia here and you've seen her with me throughout the webinar series and give me wonderful facilitation support. Um, Tia is a head of communications in her day job um, and she works for NHS Practitioner Health, which she'll tell us a little bit more about. But I met Tia, gosh Tia, I wanna say, a year, nine months? Yeah, about nine months, I think it was. Yeah. So one of my- about, Yeah, about September, yeah, October. About nine months. Yeah. So one of my um, old bosses, my old director, Frankie, got in touch with me and she said, oh, Monique, um, I hope you don't mind, but I'm reaching out to you because I've been introduced to a young lady who I've been asked to um, have some coaching sessions with. Um, but actually, I think that she would benefit from a mentor. And you came to mind straight away when I thought about that. Would you be willing to have a conversation with her in the first instance? And I always say yes to a conversation and I'll talk about that a bit later, but I said, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll be willing to have a conversation with her. So me and Tira arranged a call on Teams and as that famous saying says, the rest is history. Mm -hmm. um, I won't say too much about um, my relationship with Tia because Tia is gonna talk about that. And if I need to, I'll fill in the gaps, but I would just say that as a mentor to Tia, I've learned so much. And I think that actually sometimes we switched roles and I'm the mentee and Tia is mentoring me from her professional expertise, you know, and she's guided me so much, although she's a harsh critic and I have to take a deep breath, but she's guided me so much on some of the things that were new to me in terms of going forward in the webinar series. So, you know, when I spoke to Tia, two things about, I asked Tia to open these sessions and to almost be a co-host and she was mortified, absolutely mortified, okay? Really didn't wanna do it, it was cringe city, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I think you will all agree with me on how professional, how warm and how smooth she is and you would never ever know that. So I know Tia is a little bit nervous about speaking today but I wanted to encourage her to talk about her journey through, in her own words, about our relationship, but also I know Tia has some strong views about mentoring and why it's important, but also what she thinks you need to be aware of. So I'm gonna hand over to Tia mm -hmm. and let you tell, let her tell you her story. So Tia, the floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you, Monique. Um, and to all that are joining this session, I'm just letting you all know, you are with me overcoming this fear. As Monique said, I'm a behind the scenes. I like to make sure that everything runs smoothly. So me about my career journey was a bit of a shell shock, but like I said, I'm ready to take the next hurdle and that's what needs to be done 
if you want to progress in your career. So um, I'll start off with my career journey. So I am in the NHS and have been for the last coming up 15 years. Didn't plan to go into healthcare at all. I graduated in fashion marketing, but shortly after graduating, I had my son. So I had to kind of think of a new career that would fit in with my family and my lifestyle now. So at the time, I just felt I'd done a few admin roles during the summer of being at university in GP surgeries. And I thought, yeah, let me just get back into that. So that's what I did. I went and started working in a GP surgery where I started off doing admin. And what happened over the span of about four years, I worked in about three different practices in various different roles. So from administration to secretary, receptionist, anything that I could get my hands on, I, I did it just to kind of get my skills up there, my knowledge to kind of figure out where I wanted to go within my career. Um, one thing I did actually miss is that when I was deciding to go into healthcare, I had a plan. So the plan was I had two options. One option was to go back and study in another area that would fit within my new family or to go into back into work and work my way up. Um, and I chose to go back into work and work my way up. So that's what I did. And with that, I kind of committed to myself within each role that I did, I would be only be there for a maximum two, two and a half years. Once I got the knowledge I needed and the experience, it was time to move on to the next step. So going back, I done a span of working in GP practices and I knew that I'd kind of got the skills that I needed. I enjoyed it, but I just knew that I needed something a bit more challenging, a bit more um, that would kind of boost what I'd already got within working in um, patient care. So I decided that I wanted to steer into an either an organization or service. So I then moved on to be a communications assistant for Southeast CSU at the time, which was supporting CCGs with communications, which was a great jump. It was something completely different because where I've been working patient focused for some time, it, it, take, it took me away from that. So I was working more behind the scenes um, and making sure that the patient care was, was running smoothly and people were aware of what was happening with each CCG. It also opened me up to how organisations ran. So from directors to finance, just everything in a whole, which I'm literally like a sponge. So I try to absorb as much as I can, figuring out, oh, could I do that in my next role? Yeah, I'm going to mark that down. So again, I stayed there for a few years once I got my skills. And at the time, they were going through a little bit of a restructure. And actually thinking about it now, I could have possibly stayed um, and spawned, you know, into a high position there. But I decided to take the leap um, and move on. But it was still within the compass of that organisation. So I moved on to another team, which was Transforming Cancer Services, which was great. It was Pan London. Um, there I was a project officer. So went again back to being patient focused. So it was working on early detection, living with and beyond, the mental health behind it, which I do have a huge interest in as well. And again, which I really enjoyed, I was opened up to working with stakeholders and events. Um, and I really got to understand what it's like running projects to support patient care for those that are living with cancer. Um, so I, I worked there for some time and it, Again, I felt that it was time for me to move on. There wasn't any space for me to move up at the time. 
Um, and I'd been there for, I think it was coming up for about two years. And I thought, let me just have a look and see what, what's out there. I've been within South East CSU for, I think it would have been about three years at that, at that time. So I decided actually, let's just take a leap um, and move on to somewhere else. So that's what I did. So shortly moving from Transforming Cancer as a team, I moved to Great Ormond Street Hospital School which was in a more senior role as the communications officer. And this is where I would say in my career, I started to really think about where I was and where I wanted to go. It was, a, for me, it was a very good experience because working in Great Ormond Street Hospital School, it was literally a split between education and healthcare. Now, by this time, I'd done about nine years within healthcare and I knew that I loved it. I knew I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the patients. However, this role, I would say I found the most challenging within my career because although I loved patient care and the health um, healthcare and the NHS, um, their focus was actually education. So it was literally a battle between me trying to speak up on the healthcare of children and what needs to be done and their focus was more on education. So, you know, I'm up for a challenge. I'm quite adaptable. And I thought, you know what? I can figure this out. I can pull this together and make it work somehow. But it did keep making me tip over. Is this right for me? Do I need to move on? Do I need to study? So I definitely would say... Working at Great Ormond Hospital School was amazing because, again, I got to cross over to working in healthcare. So I was in a lot of the MDT meetings. I worked alongside a lot of different people, which, again, enabled me to understand loads of different roles. So I was like, could I be a psychologist? Could I be a social worker? Could I be a nurse? I literally was like thinking so out of the box because I just knew what I was doing. I wasn't enjoying to the best of my ability. And it got to a point where I knew that it, I needed to take a move and I just didn't know what direction I was going to move in. So, but working there, that was working there. I went over my two-year mark and then went into my three-year mark. Um, and again, due to family um, changes, I thought, okay, I really need to think, do I go back and study now? and do it part-time and just stay here because I know the role, it's comfortable, it's great. Or do I just take one more leap into a more senior position and see where I go with that and then think about maybe studying? So needless to say, um, I didn't go down the study route. I was like, do you know what? The intake isn't until September. I remember the intake wasn't until September. Um, and I remember browsing on um, NHS jobs as you do. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's that's quite, yeah, I like a bit of that. And yeah, that's interesting. It was close to home, a senior role, um, et cetera. So I applied. And needless to say, um, the job came before the application to study. So that's when I moved into my role at the time as communications lead at NHS Practitioner Health. So Within that time frame of my career, this was what I was leading up to. So if you remember, I said I had a plan that I wanted to get to a senior position. So to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. So I've got there, but I've got this position. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? I didn't feel like I knew I had the knowledge and experience, but did I have the tools to lead on this particular area? So it started off great. Everything was fine. Um, and we was in the office for maybe three months and then COVID hit. So I started in the December and I was started working from home 
March 2020. So I'd only been working with my team for maybe a few months. So there was, a, there was relationships there, but not tight enough for me to think, oh, you know, I can lean on them for support. Um, NHS Practitioner Health is an amazing service. At the time, it was, a, it's a, it was a mental health treatment service just for doctors and dentists across England. Now we are open to all NHS staff. So within the last kind of, you know, 18 months, we've expanded dramatically um, and my role has expanded dramatically. So during the summer of 2020, I had my first appraisal and I remember I've got a really great relationship with my manager and she said to me, I've got great leadership skills. You know, I, I can see you going party. And I thought, oh, I've never, okay, thank you. I, I didn't really know how to receive it because I had never heard that before. I was just kind of hoping that I was just doing the job okay. Um, but she said to me, you need to build on your confidence. You've got it. You just need to build on it. And I was like, yes, I do. And I committed to myself when I started this job was to be honest. Anything that I was unsure of, anything that I was worried about or feel fearful of, I was just going to be honest to say, actually, I'm not sure about this or I'm not confident to do that. Can you back me up? Can you just support me with this? And luckily, she's, she's a manager that is always like, yeah, 100%, I've, I've got your back. Let's just do it like this. So she suggested that I had a couple of sessions with a coach, which is actually her personal coach, which I did. And we had two great sessions. Um, and then, as Monique said, I was introduced to Monique as a mentor. So I remember feeling quite nervous speaking to Monique. I was like, oh, my God, she's like huge. She's like so senior. I have to make sure I'm on my A game. I need to, you know, make sure I've got everything noted down exactly, you know, what I'm trying to get out of this session. Um, met Monique and it was just like as if I was talking to like one of my friends that I've known for years but with Monique I just knew I had to be clear on where I wanted to go within my career now I was in my leadership role and that's what we spoke on um, which was nice and Monique obviously cut me if I go slightly over um, but um, about two minutes okay so yes met with Monique spoke to Monique and explained to her that I was in my first leadership role want to get build up my confidence navigating through a leadership role just understanding it you know feeling how to manage and adding value in areas that now I kind of delegate to mm-hmm. um, and then just thinking of the forward plans do I now pick up studying do I think of like a development program or shadowing um following that this was never on the the cards it was never discussed it was all kind of literally about me and my confidence I remember having my meeting with Monique just before Christmas and saying to her, oh, I've got something to tell you. She said, oh my gosh, what is it? And I was like, I've just got a promotion. She said, what? I said, yeah, I've just got a promotion. And as speechless as she was, I think I was as speechless as, um, as well when I first was told. But every within those three months, what Monique had showed me was enough for me to enable me to get a promotion, which then enabled me to be head of communications to manage a small team which included an apprentice which I'd never had before um and it was literally just due to me being honest and understanding and navigating in the right way to receive what needs to be done to be able to achieve in my next step um so yeah in a in a roundabout way I, I got the promotion so far it's been great I've kept to my honesty I've kept to my mentoring sessions and my homework um, still being mindful of um, some areas where I still, like I said, I where I worked in admin f- 
from the start, I'm a doer. So I found it difficult to delegate. And then when I wasn't being the doer, how do I then show value? And that was something that me and Monique worked on recently, which again, she advised me and then I was able to adapt to that. So um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> the tea I think um, something that you, and you, I mean, you'll see the chat when you finished. I mean, people are really, you know, congratulating you and it is a big success and it is, Tia has told the truth in her. I mean, she's very modest, um, <clears throat> but she's worked bloody hard as well in, um, she's, she has very high standards, standards of excellence. So supporting Tia to move that into her senior role and, and as she said, her role became very high profile during the pandemic as well. So I think operating in that space, I think Tia absolutely has the capabilities. And she, like she said, our conversations were mostly about confidence and reassuring her that some of the things she was seeing already were absolutely right. The one thing, though, Tia, that stood out for me when in our mentoring relationship has been about when you've spoken about how prepared you were for mentoring. And do you want to just say a little bit about that in terms of your views on how you felt you were ready to take on what I then asked or encouraged you to do? Yeah, no, definitely. I've always had a plan. That's the one thing. I've always had a plan. Um, and when I knew that I was going to be introduced to you, I knew that I had to bring something basically to the table. I knew that you had to have something to work with, with me um, and it was thinking about the next steps okay so now I'm in this leadership role this is what I wanted you know 10 years ago this is what I've aimed to so what is it that I'm feeling now what is it that I'm missing and what is it that I need that you can guide me um, through but following that obviously you've been through it from the, from the you know similar experiences so I just knew that I had to kind of pull that together. And again, it was just being honest. This is what I, I'm worried about. This is what mm. I lack. This is what I'm not confident in. Mm. Um, I think if I'd have came in and thought, oh, no, you know, I'm OK with that, it wouldn't have worked. And there's mm. so many different elements within mm. um, going into a, a new leadership role that you don't um, take into consideration and can kind of, for me personally, can make you doubt yourself. Because there's many times I've had conversations with Monique and said, oh, this, I'm feeling like this. And she said, yeah, that's normal too. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right, this is what you need to do. Make, write this down, do this. And I'm like, okay. And then before you know it, that feeling is completely gone. So definitely mm -hmm. having a plan. I definitely have an idea of what support you need to, to go through that leadership role. Thank you, Tia. I think that's a really important um, point that you've just said there with regards to being prepared, because mm -hmm. I'll be honest with people here. Like I said, I never turn down a conversation. If someone reaches out to me and says, can I have a conversation with you? Some people just go, oh, I just want to know if you could be my mentor. And I'll go, I'm happy to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a lot of the time when I have those conversations, people are not ready for a mentoring relationship, you know? And that's why I wanted to talk about it today, not to put you off, but to say, if I'm supporting you to be brave enough to reach out to that person, I also wanna support you to be ready. Doesn't mean that you have to have it all wrapped up with a shiny bow, no. But when Tia came to me, she had some ideas of areas where she needed help. So it wasn't coming with, I've got it all nailed down. No, it was saying, I think I need to understand a little bit more about how I navigate my journey. I think I'm thinking too big. I need some, it was that kind of conversation. So that's why I want you to tease that out. So 
I am going to move us into the Q&A because I want people to have a chance to ask me and Tia and Ruby because Ruby's will mm -hmm. be involved today as well because about development like I said that's her area of expertise so please do ask us the questions before I move into that and we're going to have about 20 to 25 minutes for the questions before I move into there's two things I want to do one is to say um Tia I know you've spoken to me you didn't touch on it so I hope you don't mind me saying but we've, yeah, spoken, no, we've spoken about that um that debate of whether you seek out uh, mentors that are like you. Obviously, yeah. me and me and T there are many similar parts of me and Tia's story. And I know that Frankie, who introduced us, would have been aware of that. But I remember when she introduced, when she told me, she said, Monique, please don't think this is just because you're a young black woman as well. That's not the only thing I see in you connecting with Tia. There's a lot of similarities. And I was like, that's fine. And we do have similarities. But I also know that sometimes that's good and it's good to have a mentor that gets your lived experience. There's also a flip mode to that though, when a mentor might be, might be right for you because of what they've achieved or what they've done and, and they're not from your background, but they can still help you. And what I wanna mention here is Emily, I know you're with us today, so good evening. Uh, one of our guests, Emily Mitchell, um, is looking at a peer relationship project. And why Emily is looking at this is because she knows that exactly what I'm talking about. If we all are pursuing, hi Emily, if we all are pursuing mentors who are like us, if we take the example of mentors in healthcare, there is a very small number of senior black and brown women, as an example, in healthcare and even senior black and brown men who are in non-clinical senior roles in healthcare. So if we have, if, if we can see that there are more black and brown people working in healthcare and working in other industries who are looking for mentors who look like them and, and can appreciate what they're going through, there aren't enough to go around. So what Emily is trying to look into is the role of peer mentoring and peer relationships and what that can do to help you on your career journey as well. Exactly, Tracy, we've got to try and find synergies elsewhere. So um, Emily will share in the chat how you can get in touch with her because what she is looking for is people who are willing to share their experiences. So if you have um, secured a really good peer relationship and that's something that you would say is in your support toolbox, then please do reach out to Emily because she'd like to hear more about how that's working for you. Um, she's thinking about what she can do with that information, how she can bring people together. But I thought it would be really helpful to call that out today because it's just to put that thought into people's minds as well about the different kinds of mentoring relationships and support relationships you could have, all right? So I can see we've got a question in the Q&A. So shall we pick that up now? And then I won't forget Bernie's question as well. So Tia, are you all right to pick that question yeah. up? Yes, of course. So how do you balance developing your career and family life, especially as a woman? Um, do you want me to go, Monique? Okay, for me, um, as much as my career was important to me, my son is also as important to me. And I had to make sure that I had the balance right. So when I first started out working, when he was quite young, I was working part time to build myself up. And again, that's probably why I changed roles quite often. So as he got older, um, hours could increase. But the, the purpose of me building on my career is obviously to make sure that he has got a good role model, but a foundation as well of, you know, hard work determination this is 
this is what you can get. Nothing can really hold you back. Um, I've got an amazing family unit as well, a fantastic. And I think that's that's also quite helpful to, to have when you're going through your career. So like I said, I won't keep saying it, it is having a plan, being realistic with the plan. You're not going to go straight into a senior role tomorrow. And I think I was realistic when I stepped into my role as an administrator working part-time that it's going to take some time and that's okay. That's fine. I've got the time. So let me just do that. And while I'm going free, I can get as much experience as I can. So having a plan um, and balance as well. Okay. Thank you, Tia. I think what I would say, I mean, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because one of the reasons, one of the reasons why I left my director role was because I felt like I wasn't getting the right balance. Now, the reason why I said I don't want to sound like a hypocrite is because my organisation was very supportive and um, would flex as much as I needed it to within the realms of being able to deliver a board level role. But my job was mentally challenging as well. And I'm like, Tia, I strive for excellence. And the way how I work, I thrive under pressure. So my style of working, my ability to hold lots of information, holding a very prominent role for the organisation, and also, I'm very, very, very passionate about developing and supporting my team. So I would go over and above in that. And I know I was. So the, my style of work, the challenges of working in the NHS as a director and me having three children meant that the balance wasn't quite right for me. And I know in when you are in big transformation and change roles and um, executive roles, when you are in charge of running big system wide programs, they're not jobs you can do forever and ever are meant. They're jobs you can do for a period of time and then you need to step back and do something else and come back into it because leading change at that level is really challenging. The boulder that you're trying to push up the hill is monumental at times. So for me, I also needed time to recharge. I'd been in my job for nearly five years and it had grown and grown and grown. So I wouldn't say that it's not possible to have a director job with children. I'm not saying that. But I know for me in the time of my life and the journey that I've had, I needed to move on and take some time out to say, what is it I really want to do? Because I knew there were things that were um, a passion of mine that I wasn't giving time to and it was frustrating me. So I do think you can have the balance. You can. And I think Tia has spoken very well about how she's managed that. OK. Shall I feed in? I can see, Jackie, you've asked a question here. To, I don't think everyone can see it, so I'm just going to read it out. How can you reach out to a mentor? Do you have any ongoing referrals? So I think that if I, I'm not sure what you mean by the second part of your question, Jackie, but with the first bit, I think there's something about speaking to people who you think might be able to connect you to a mentor um, in the way that what happened with Tia. Um, I have people who approach me on behalf of other people. I'd also, I mean, I've spoken about it before about the use of social media. So whilst I know there are some people who don't like using social media, I'm not telling you to put yourself out there and be uncomfortable. I do think things like LinkedIn, though, are professional networks. So I think it's about rather than feeling like you're on social media, I think LinkedIn is a tool that you can use to widen your network of people that you want to connect with. And, you know, so if you want to connect with people in a particular role at a particular level, you can use LinkedIn to do that. It's not about using it necessarily for the, the social side of it. So I'd encourage people to do that, but also 
speaking to people who may be in areas that you're, you want to move into, because they're usually people will give you a recommendation. So I hope that answers your question. Jackie, if you want to come back in the chat and just explain what you meant about the ongoing referrals, I'd be happy to try and answer that bit as well. Okay, have we got any other questions? Or shall I take, um, shall I answer Bernie's question now? Shall I take Bernie's question? So what Bernie asked um, a couple of sessions ago was about, and Bernie, jump in on the chat if I've got it wrong from my memory, but it was about coaching. And I think you were saying, um, how do I find a good coach? Um, and how do, and how do you, I think, how do you find a good coach? I think that was the question. Or how do you get recommendations of good coaches? A um, couple of things I would say about that. Definitely go for recommendations. But I think whoever you're asking for the recommendation, um, find out what it is they were coached on. And I don't mean asking them that from a personal level. I mean just to get a feel for what was the issue that they worked through or the areas that they worked on and what is that coach's area of expertise because the coach might be brilliant and I'm not criticizing them but it, they might have worked with them on something completely different to what you want that coach may be able to still manage what you want as well no problem but they might not so I think having that understanding also knowing your learning style I think there's something about being um you know let's let's be comfortable with being uncomfortable we hear that term all the time you know we heard Tia talking about stretch um, and taking leaps so we know that when you are um, progressing in your career there will be times when it's uncomfortable however when you are learning and developing be aware of the style you like I remember um, in the last session Yvonne was saying that the last session worked really well for her. It suited her learning style. She knows her learning style. Have a think if you don't know what your learning style is, because that will be important. Absolutely, Sat. And I was just coming to that. Sat says here, having a chemistry meet meeting, which is an initial meeting to match with your coach. Most coaches offer, whether they call them a chemistry call, a discovery call, a consultation, Whatever you want to call it, they usually have something where they like to have a conversation with you as a potential client. And in that conversation, the coach and, and anyone who's a coach, jump in and tell me if I'm wrong. The coach is normally working through understanding a bit about um, you and what you're coming to them for, but also understanding a bit about whether they think they can help you and whether they think it will be a good fit. And sometimes in that conversation, it's they see something that says, no, this, um, we're not going to be able to pursue this. And thank you, Sam, saying spot. And I think that's okay. Yeah, and absolutely, Linda, that chemistry works both ways. Really important point, because someone who you really respect might have recommended a coach to you. And they've said, I, oh my gosh, from working through my coach, I've gone from, you know, here to here in a year. And oh my goodness, and oh my gosh, you know, I've worked with my coaches. I could, I talk like that you know but that doesn't mean that that means the connection will be right for you so the other thing I would say is try and get two or three rec recommendations all right from different people so that you've got some options you've got some things to test out as well and even though you're going to the coach because you've got something you need to be coached on it's kind of what Tia said 
you might need to have a little bit of an idea of what it is you want, because otherwise the coach will find it really difficult. And I can see Ruby nodding really difficult to to even guide you off step one, to even get anywhere in that initial conversation. All right. So, Bernie, I hope those points help. I just summarise them quickly. So get more than one recommendation. Find out from the person recommending them what what area they worked on the coach with. Be clear on your learning styles and, and talk to the coach about that. Linda, brilliant. Linda, if you can um, share any links to a simple learning styles questionnaire, I'd be so grateful. If we can't get it into the chat, send it to me separately. And I'd love to um, share that with people. And I can see you saying for anyone who is from HRCH, there are some internal coaches there as well. Um, but the other thing is, like I said as well, and then just try and have a think if you're, you know, if you haven't yet about some of the areas that you want to work with the coach on. And I hope those things will help in terms of trying to nail down a coach. What I would also say to you is if you remember, this session was called Taking Your Next Step Part One originally. And the reason why, because in the next session, part two, what I will be providing you all with is um, some information on coaches that I'd like to recommend to you. I might be recommending them because I've worked with them. I might be recommending them because the programs that they're offering, I think, resonate with some of the things you've told me here are your learning needs and some of the things that I think are important. Um, I'm also trying to negotiate. So I want to be able to recommend some coaches to you and coaching programs, some careers and development programs as well. Um, for my NHS learning and development colleagues like Uzo, like Linda, like Ruby, I know we have a large number of people here who are NHS colleagues. I'd like them, you to also share what is available in the NHS, but I will also have information on other programmes for our non-healthcare colleagues as well that might be um, aimed at black and brown people, might be aimed at younger people, might be open to everyone. But I'd like to also bring those forward because it's. I don't think it's worth talking about all these different things and they're not giving you some, some sort of list or filter of some that you might want to explore in the first instance. So we will be covering that in more detail in the next session. I'm also going to be bringing some um, special offers and discount codes for you as well. So if you do want to progress with any of them, some of them will have special offers available to you um, exclusively as a member of this webinar community. All right. So I hope that answers the question. Bernie, if there was anything more you wanted to add, please do jump onto the Q&A and add it on for me. Okay. Tia, have we got any more questions? Yeah. So we have one from Denise. A lot of leadership roles ask for a leadership qualification. What are your thoughts on that? Is there a particular course you would recommend? Hmm. So I'm going to answer it from my perspective. And then I would say to Ruby, <clears throat> if there's anything she wants to add or Linda in the chat. So I don't have a master's. And most of you will know um, in having a career in the NHS, uh, you get to, I think, band six or band seven roles. So anyone who's not NHS, that's kind of um, first level line manager roles um, or um, service manager roles. So running a, you know, a team or having line management responsibility and budget responsibility. And um, I don't have a master's. Um, I have a degree. I did my degree part-time after I'd had my first daughter, Jade, and, um, and it's in business studies. 
So when I started to go for senior roles, obviously I started to think about doing a master's, but I just couldn't manage it. You know, by then I had two children and I couldn't fit it in. Most NHS jobs say a master's or equivalent specialist experience. And that's what I've always had, the equivalent specialist experience. Throughout my career, when I've gone for roles, I've always been very good at keeping a record of extra work I do, when I've volunteered to get involved in programs or projects, sometimes I've been quite calculating in that, I'll be honest, in that I've volunteered for something that I think that's going to expose me to something that I haven't done before or a skill that I need to be able to say I've got to build that portfolio. So I've built my portfolio, my experience through non-academic study. I did do a breaking through, gosh, it will be 2006, I think I did it. I did the NHS Breaking Through programme. It's got a new name now. Antoinette, I think whatever it is you're doing is that what you've applied for is the new name, but it was for um, people from black and brown backgrounds in a, a junior level manager, stepping up now. Okay, thank you, Sat. Um, stepping up into management roles. And it was like a one-year programme. It was run externally with Hayes Professional. And at the end of it, you've got an um, ILM equivalent accreditation. When I did that course, the, the leader of the course said to me, you shouldn't be on here. And I was like, well, why? I've, I'm that level. And she went, no, 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 no. You've got leadership capability already. There isn't anything I'm going to tell you on this course that you don't already have. So again, I would just say to you, sometimes though we need that reinforcement, don't we? We need someone to tell us that. And maybe I wasn't recognizing it, but when she told me that, after I think it gave me extra um, confidence to go for a more senior role um, so that's my experience of what I've studied what I'm seeing out there at the moment is some really good so the talent leadership program thank you Antoinette there are some really good things out there at the moment this is a big thing at the moment organizations are very focused on their they're calling it their talent pipeline so tap into what's available. And if it's not in your organization, it's the same for what I say before, try and start networking in your industry because you may find that there's things available that are not directly in your organization, but are linked. And that's why I said, I wanna try and bring some information forward because I know we're all busy as well and being able to share that. So I hope that answers um, your question. Okay, Tia, sorry, I'm going on a bit today. Ruby, did you wanna? say anything in regards to that question as well or no I mean I would just add the you know in terms of when you have roles sometimes that you may want to apply for there will be qualifications that are essential to that role um, so sometimes it's quite straightforward but there are many different routes of being able to get there and I think that's what you what I would recommend to, to explore a little bit more. So for instance, apprenticeships, you can do an apprenticeships whilst working full time, you get some time away each week towards your studies. Um, it's achievable over a longer period of time and you get a qualification and MBA at the end of it. So there are opportunities within your organizations if they do have apprenticeship schemes and other kind of routes and pathways to getting there. So just, don't always think traditional route. You have to go to uni, take a breakout, time out. Sometimes you can do it as you're working and be able to achieve that too. So that's all I'll add. Thank you. Um, yeah, and Yvonne, that's a brilliant point. It's true. There is a lot available at the moment. There are, so do take advantage of them. Absolutely. 
Thank you for everyone sharing the different courses um, that are available. It's really important because I think that let's not assume that each other knows about it because you're in the same industry. It's not usually the case. Okay, Tia, do we have any other questions? Yes, we have a question from Yvonne. What tools do each of you have in your support toolboxes? Would you like to go first? <laughs> um, you can go first, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mind. So in my support toolbox, um, I spoke about this the last time, but if I think about it in relation to development, if I think about it in that space, I am a big advocate of a coach. Um, I've used coaches at different times in my career. I first used one when I was really challenged, when I came back from maternity leave, a 13-month maternity leave after having my son, and I was given a promotion, which sounds crazy, but it was a bit of a poison chalice and um, my my responsibility was doubled overnight um, and I kept saying like you know um, although I know how to lead and I know how to commission and I know how to manage big budgets this is overwhelming you know this is really overwhelming um, and my manager at the time offered me a coach and actually best thing she could have done I left that role anyway because it was too much and it wouldn't split my role back out but in working with the coach, I re that's where I really started to understand the power of the mind. And the book I recommended in session two, How to Turn Stress on Its Head, is from my coach, Kate, who I'm now friends with, actually. But she really helped me to understand how a thought is just a thought, is just a thought, is just a thought. You know, and I come back to that learning so much. So coaching... I used my coach to help me leave my role and to leave well. I used a coach all the time I was in a senior leadership role to just deepen my technique. So sometimes it's about attacking a particular thing and sometimes it's about deepening it. So coach is a big thing for me. I'm actually looking for a stretch mentor at the moment. If you haven't heard that term before, a stretch mentor is someone who may be where your ultimate big goal is. So for me, I want to run a big organization because I want a global leadership organization. I've told you before, I'm building a movement of brave leaders. So I want a, a global multi-million pound organization, not because I, it's about the money, but because about the reach and about the scale of change that I want to drive. So I'm looking for a stretch mentor who's there because that's where I want to go. But I need to be ready to work with my stretch mentor. So what I'm doing now is recharging, re-evaluating and getting ready to be ready for my stretch mentor. The other thing I have in my toolbox also is my cheerleaders because they're really important. Sometimes we're uncomfortable. Tia was so uncomfortable writing her bio, right? Because she didn't want to talk about the good things about herself. And I know that that's quite common, but actually if you don't do it, who will? So for me, Having those cheerleaders who, who you can go to when you are feeling a bit low, when you're feeling a bit iffy, when you're maybe not as being as kind to yourself as what you could be, you know, or when you want to tackle something big and you need them to pump you up a little bit, knowing who your cheerleaders are. And sometimes you, it's mutual, isn't it? Your cheerleaders, you're their cheerleader. But those three things are really important to me. I have many more things in my support toolbox, Yvonne, but in terms of what we're talking about today, those are the three that are most important for me. So I'm taking my own advice about doing the actions we've spoken about in relation to me getting a stretch mentor. So Tia, what's in yours? What is in my support, uh, support toolbox? 
this was new for me, the support toolbox, but I'm glad Monique introduced it to me and having that support toolbox. So for me, it is having a mentor, being able to have those conversations to understand the direction that I'm in within my career, in it in the right way. It has been really, really beneficial to me. And it has built my confidence far more than the experience and knowledge that I've built over the last um, 10 years within the NHS. Um, I definitely feel that as, as I continue to grow within my career, I know that I think Monique had that conversation that your, your mentor will start to change. And like Monique has mentioned, I may need a stretch mentor at some point. Um, at this moment in time, it's great. So, and I'm still obviously working in being in a new leadership role, managing a team. So the experience and knowledge that Monique has can it, it always help, is always helpful and beneficial to me. So that's one um, tool. The second one for me is upskilling now. So as I've mentioned a few times, I kept saying that I need to study. I, and I feel like I've been putting it off slightly. Um, but I'm at that point where I'm comfortable within my role. But I know that that is something that has been on my mind for many years. Um, and that's the next thing that I want to do now is to upskill, looking into leadership roles. So to those that are... Um, putting in different um, schemes within the chat. Thank you, I'm trying to make, make a mental note of them all. But that's the next area for me is building on my leadership skills. From that, you know, my aim is just to keep growing. So if I decide to stay in my role of communications, I want to upskill in that area as well. So definitely academically for me now, because I feel like I've done the practical experience to get to the point that I'm at. Okay, thank you, Tia. Do we have any more questions, Tia? I think we could take one more. Okay, yes. So we have, oh, a few are covered in now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, one from Melissa. How long should one have a mentor? I don't, I, I mean, my straight away, what comes to my mind is I don't think there's a time limit. I think it's about you, you may want different mentors at different times of your career. So I talk to people sometimes about sometimes someone who comes to me and maybe they're they're on the first step of their journey. And I might say to them, well, listening to what you need right now, you most probably don't need a mentor like me. You might be better off of a mentor who's got this sort of experience or this level and, you know, work with them. I think it will help you get to the next step. So I think sometimes it's about you need different mentors at different times. I don't think there's a set time limit. Some people work with their mentors for years. The other thing I also would say is I have um, mentors that I don't know and I've never met. So sometimes a mentor can be someone who, you, who you're inspired by and who you aspire to from afar. You know, Maya Angelou is a big mentor for me in how she conducts herself, what she stood up for, and how she just did not give up on the struggle, but always had elegance and grace. And, you know, I sometimes say that myself, what would Maya do? You know, and I love to watch her videos. So I think sometimes your mentor can be, I think what we're hearing today is mentors, you can have different mentors at different times. I love that, Sam, and you can have virtual mentors too. So let's take one more question, Tia. Should we squeeze one more in? Yeah, um, do you want to have a quick look? Um, I mean, there's. I think the one, we've got the second one. Is that okay with you? Okay, so this one about, is ambition important? Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah. So, okay. Is ambition important? Should you go through your career thinking I'm going to be a band eight D or C, or should you just go with the flow? Um, so something that I would say to that is you don't have to. There isn't something that says, and I hope it doesn't come across like this in these webinar series. I'm not here to say to anybody, your ambition isn't great enough if you don't want to be a CEO. This is about whatever you want to fulfill in your life, not even just your career, in your life. So today, of course, we're talking a lot about next steps in your career, because I know that's what people want to focus on. But some of the things I've spoken about are absolutely applicable to just making steps in your life and your life journey. So, and remember, this program is for aspiring leaders at any level. And if you remember, I've said before about we're all leaders because we are the leaders of our minds first and foremost. So I don't, I will never ever judge anybody for whatever it is they do or don't want to achieve. You know, talk to yourself and be honest with your, Tia said it, be honest with yourself. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, you might as well pack up and go home. You can't live someone else's dream. You can't do that. You know, and I know some people live their parents' dreams, and I'm not going to get into the space of that. That's not my place to do that. But usually you won't be fulfilled if you're living someone else's dream. So be honest with yourself. If you are happy doing X role because that you think that's your passion, that's your calling, you do your thing. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's a really good question. Thank you for that question, because it's a point that I think I would really want to get across. You know, this is about leaders, leadership and journeys and things at any level, not just pursuing a senior level. All right. OK, I'm conscious of time. Any questions that we weren't able to take, you'll remember that I say that um, I will pick these up on the intro to the podcast episode, or I will carry them over to the next session if it's applicable. I won't forget them, all right? So I wanna give Ruby some time now though. So before I do that, I know, so Ruby, I'm gonna flip the script because I need to look through my notes. I am not ready yet for my free takeaway actions. <laughs> so could we move over? Are you happy if we move into your exercise? Absolutely. Shall I just hand over to you? And yeah, then I'm happy to do that whilst yeah. you do your thing, Monique. Absolutely. So hello, everyone. Um, I'm Ruby. I didn't get to introduce myself at the beginning, um, but I just wanted to add a little bit to what Monique and, and Tia said as well. Um, two comments, really. The first one was about the support toolbox. And actually, one thing that Tia kept referring to was having a plan an idea of where you want to go. And just to know that sometimes you might have an idea and a road that you want to go down, but actually in, in exploring, networking, shadowing and grabbing opportunities, not necessarily just waiting sometimes for them to come up, by grabbing those opportunities that might shape where you might want to go. So you might end up going down a completely different route, but the principles and the values of what you want and what you stand for will always be consistent throughout that. Um, so those are one things that will be in my support, uh, support, support toolbox. Um, just before I go into this exercise, coaching has had such a huge impact in my career, not just my career, but also in my personal life as well. Um, there's a few people on this uh, webinar today that have coached me throughout my whole career journey. Um, so a big shout out to Linda Gent, who was my manager for four years, and she was consistently coaching me um, throughout that time. Even sometimes I didn't realize I was being coached. But 
what she introduced to me recently was a concept called silent coaching. And this is something that really kind of opened my mind a little bit to being comfortable with a bit of silence, having a bit of space to just reflect without all the everything going around you and really just thinking about things from a different in a different way. So I want to practice this exercise with you today that she did with us um, and uh, get you to start thinking about those next steps in, in a bit of a different way. Um, so. If you can all get a pen and paper, please, if you don't mind. And I want you to start to begin by writing down in a sentence an issue that you want to think about. Um, it could be in reference to your career journey, where you want to go, but something that one thing that you want to achieve. Now, I'm not going to know what you're thinking about or how your thinking is progressing. Um, so I'm going to be asking you some questions. Um, some may be relevant to you, but if the question isn't and doesn't seem appropriate, just answer the next one. So question one, what is the one thing you want to achieve? You can choose to put this in the chat function or you can choose to write them down, totally up to you. Imagine that you have successfully addressed your issue. What does success look like? What does success feel like? What is going on that makes this an issue for you? Who is involved? What assumptions are you making? What if anything, have you already done to address the situation? And what has been the effect of what you have done so far? What help or support do you need? What options do you have to tackle the situation in a different way? What else might you do?
few more questions. What is the first step that you will take to achieve what it is that you wanted to achieve? And what's an even smaller step you can take? Finally, when do you think you will take that step? Okay, I can see loads of responses on the chat function. That's great. Achieve tangible and significant improvement to patient outcomes through leading change. That would be one of mine as well, Matt. Um, that's part of my um, part of my new role as well. So maybe we should connect. Um, success to me would be seeing the change happening, not necessarily finished. Absolutely. Sometimes that goal may be quite far ahead um, and we all work differently so some of us like you know get motivated by short-term goals some of us get totally demotivated by having a five-year goal just know that these goals and these plans are ever-changing so if you know the other type of person that can't needs to have short shorter goals break it down into chunks um, rather than looking at the end goal which is and then it feels unachievable Break that down into chunks. That's one, one suggestion and advice that I would definitely give. And another thing that I just wanted to add, Monique, before I hand back to you is it's really important to give yourself some time to reflect because in that time of reflection, by you asking yourself, even taking this exercise and asking yourself these questions sometimes can help you unlock something that you may have not discovered before. Um, and coaching doesn't necessarily have to be something that you do. You can, you can have a coaching conversation in five, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's what I'd add to that. So I hope that kind of got you thinking about your next steps, uh, where you want to go with that and kind of give, gives you a little bit of focus on, on where those issues are and the barriers that you'd need to overcome to, to, to start taking that step. Thank you very much, Ruby. Yep, exactly. You just beat me to it, MC. So I was going to say, what I will do is um, Ruby will send, so I will get the email following this session. I will get it out before the end of this week. So please look out for that email. Like I said before, make sure you've um, added me to your address book so you don't miss it. And we will include those questions from Ruby. We wanted to share them today in the way that we did, just to give you a chance to get a feel for them. But we will get those questions out to you so that you can take some time, like Ruby was saying about reflecting, to have a go at answering those questions yourself. All right. So thank you, Lisa. Yes, it was a great exercise. Ruby tested it with me before, and I thought this was fantastic to be able to do this today. So... I've got nine minutes to make it happen and get to the end. <laughs> so let's see if we can do this, girls. So, okay, we'll get those out to you. So I've got my learning points and I've got four points to summarize on, okay? So number one, be honest about your development lead. 
be honest about your development needs. Okay. The next one is understand your learning style. I think that came through loud and clear. The third one I've written down here is be open to the different types of mentors that may be right for you. Okay. You with me, Ruby? Sorry, I'm going quickly. So that almost last one, Monique. So this was be open to the different types of mentors that may be right for you. And then the last one, what I want to add, because I am so glad you joined us today, Stefan, because that point you made, we can all be leaders in our own right. It's not a position, but a mindset. Beautiful point and so powerful. So I'd like to add that one on there as well. We can all be leaders in our own right. It's not a position, but a mindset. Ruby, I'm going to let you get on a roll. And if you can drop into the chat as well, the link. So Ruby's going to put in the feedback form link and the link to register for the next session. She'll tell you about those in a minute, but I know people needed a bit more time to pull the links off. What I am going to do is ask Tia to pop the slide up for me, please. Where, as you know, our usual um, practice here is that we also give you a takeaway action. So I'm loading you up today. This has been a, an action session and I hope you've been able to stay with me on the journey for it. So your takeaway action today, which you can see here on the um, bottom of the slide is identify one development tool you'll be adding to your support toolbox and any actions needed for you to start using it. So we've spoken about some of the different development tools available to you. We've shared some um, real-time experiences of using them and what they've achieved. We've given some advice on how you might get those going or where you can access support for those. And as I said, we'll be talking more about that in the next session. But I want you to start thinking about that one tool that you could add. And what is it you need to do if it's not fully loaded and ready to go? What is it you need to do to start using it? Again, this will be on the email that I send out to you, so don't worry about having to remember it right now. So the book, the book of today is my absolute favorite leadership book. And if those of you who tuned in to the talk I did at Trinity Chapel on last weekend, um, I was invited to talk about getting ahead in your career at their Footprints event. Um, some of you have joined me here today as well, so you're very welcome, but I mentioned this book because John Maxwell is a man of faith as well, but he's a very worldwide, well-known leadership expert. But this book is what I'm talking about. You can have all the talent and then some, but I hope what you've been hearing throughout this series is that alone will not get you to where you want to get to. There are a number of other things we've spoken about, such as courage, et cetera, that he talks about. And the two lines that I love from this book is one what we just what I spoke about. Initiative opens on the door to opportunity and eases life's difficulties. The other one was, and I just mentioned courage, take small steps of courage to prepare you for greater ones. You heard Ruby talking about chunking it down. We heard Emily saying earlier that she pressed send. <laughs> we heard Joanna mentioning about people she'd reached out to. We heard Tia talking about taking a leap. All of those things there are about saying, taking those steps of courage. So absolute favorite book the great news is that trinity chapel has kindly donated some money to be able to fund giving away 10 of these copies um, to the 10 lucky winners so thank you very much to trinity chapel for that um, so look out for the email 
please don't miss it. Um, I will be trying to get those emails out by Monday as well. Okay. So Ruby, I'm handing over to you now to try and wrap us up in literally, I think you've got about two minutes. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. So um, you will all receive an email, as Manit said, with the learning points from today, a little bit about the book information and your takeaway action. Um, just wanted to tell you a little bit more about the book. So, John, this is also one of my favorite books. Um, Manit introduced me to it. I'm uh, I've been reading it and it, I bought it straight away and I, I haven't put it down since so it's fantastic um john maxwell is one of the top global leadership experts and and the book is a guide to making choices that will, will kind of take you beyond your talent what it does cover is three key choices you can make to become a talent plus person um and it, he talks about things like the key choices you make apart from the natural talent you already have but that that will set you apart from others who have talent alone so really really recommend this book and i hope you're one of the lucky winners um of, of getting this because I, I really would recommend it um let me just have a look at that so what i would like to uh, remind you is your takeaway action again so that's identify one development tool you'll be adding to your support toolbox and any actions you uh, actions needed for you to start using it. Can you go to the next slide, please, Tia, if you don't mind? So I'd like to remind you all, Monique mentioned at the beginning of the call that this webinar session has been created to talk to you a little bit about your authentic self, how, you know, talking about your identity and where you need to go with that and, you know, exploring ways of, of looking at that from a career perspective. Um, but also the second, the last two modules or sessions were about backing yourself and how to do that, how to manage upwards and deal with constructive conversations. And finally, this is the bit of making it happen. So if you've missed any of the sessions, Monique's podcast, which is going to be launching at the end of this month, she'll tell you a little bit more about it. Um, you'll be able to access all the recordings there. Um, the next session, taking your next step, making it happen is Wednesday the 7th of July at 6 p.m. on Zoom, uh, same time. So please, please join us. Um, we'll be putting, I've put the link up already on the chat function um, on, our, on the chat. Um, if you can please follow Monique on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Um, and follow us too, because we'd be able to also inspire you with some of our journeys and some of the things that we put up on there. Um, but what I want to end with, as always, Monique, unless you want to say any last words, um, my daughter's Mom. here. So let it's me all right. <laughs> so I, I will just say <laughs> hello, Layla. Um, thank you, everybody, for your time. Um, for the next session, I mentioned that we, I will have more information on development programs. I also wanted to let you know now that um, Moronike Ajaye will be joining us. Moronike is the founder of Career, the Career Nuggets Development Program. Um, she also has a TV program that goes with this. So please do connect with her in advance of the next session. But she's also um, a finance executive and a chair. So she's an execu experienced executive and non-executive. And for some of you who've been asking me about hearing from non-NHS senior leaders, you will hear that in the next session. So it'll be a double dose of hearing an inspiring journey, but more importantly, hearing about a career development program that I think will be right for you. So um, I just wanna leave it there because as I said, we're gonna try and finish on time. But just thank you everybody for today. It's been a really um, insightful session for me as well.
So there were two questions in that session that we didn't get to answer that I wanted to pick up now. But before I get to those, I really hope that you did participate in that live silent coaching session. Whether you participated as you was going on, I've deliberately left the gaps in that were from the live session to allow you to reflect on the questions and answer them. Or if not, if you go back over that part of the podcast and listen again and really write it down. I think there's a common thread that we heard from the previous session with Nikita Pada, where she spoke about reflection and why she sees that as one of the great qualities to be a great leader. But also Ruby talking again about taking that time to reflect and to help you with that on your next steps and really thinking about the next steps in your journey. And another point that came up in the chat that you wouldn't have you wouldn't know if you weren't with us live in the room was about career coaching and maybe having a career coaching session that can help you understand what that next development step is that might be right for you or what development program or leadership program might have the right content and what you're needing at this time. So I thought those were two very important points. But in coming to the questions that were unanswered, the first one was about... um, It was worded in this way, while there are certain things I still want to do and achieve, I'm conflicted and wonder, are you ever too old to push yourself? My instant reaction to that is, no way, you're never too old. I'm a lifelong learner and I love learning and I love learning by discussion and I love learning by debate and it's one of the reasons why I put my webinar session in the way that I have and if you continue to join me through my future podcast episodes you'll see that I'll ask reflective questions even when I'm on a solo episode as well. Um, It keeps my energy up, it keeps my resilience topped up as well when I learn, whether that is by discussion in online forums or webinars, whether that is speaking to peers, whether that's reaching out to people in my network online, whether it's reading. And that's why I absolutely wanted to recommend some of the books that are on my bookshelf. And they're not just sitting there gathering dust. Those are books that I go to time and time again. And so I would say, no, you're never too old. That age old saying you're only as old as you feel. But also I'm a person, I'm very determined. And I think if I'm going to do something, I want to put my effort into it. I think it's this episode when I talk about my style of work and how I am. I'm an all in person. So I would encourage you to say, don't worry about your age. I think if you feel that you want to keep pushing yourself and you feel that there's things you still want to achieve. One of the things I know people always say is just don't live with that regret. The second question was, how do you then maintain momentum on your career journey? So kind of a similar theme, actually. And I think it's something about staying interested, you know, staying childlike. Some people describe it, isn't it? Having that um, inquisitive nature, wanting to know more. And I think being honest, though, that sometimes you will have dips. Not all the time that you're going to jump out of bed, even when you have a job you love. I think sometimes you just don't feel like that. You might have other things going on. And, you know, you're not feeling in that space, but trying to maintain your momentum, keeping your eyes on the prize, having a clear vision or, um, you know, destination that you want to get to in your career. And that may change as you achieve it and you stretched yourself to get there. You may then have another step that you want to get to. And I think sometimes that can help you having a vision. Having that, some people talk about manifesting, so manifesting what it is you want to get to, putting it out there. Vision boards, I believe in them and I use them as well. But also I talk a lot about my cheerleaders and I know that they help me to maintain momentum, especially when I maybe I've had a wobble. I'm not feeling bang on the money myself, dipping into my cheerleaders, talking with them 
you know, asking for that encouragement and support is really important too. So I hope that answers those two questions because I thought they were very two very good questions, but we covered so much in the session that we didn't have a chance to get to them. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave me a rating and review and don't forget to subscribe. Can you please also share this with friends, family members or colleagues? I'd really appreciate it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Monique Carriol or connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't already. I'm Monique Carriol on there too. And also click the links in the show notes to join my mailing list. I look forward to you joining me for the next episode. Take care and see you soon.